0: The good, the good, the bad, the bad, and, and the ugly, the ugly, ugly. with Terence Pillay. Devi, what a treat to talk to you this morning, but you know what? We all mm-hmm. watched that broadcast on Sunday, and even I welled up. How were you feeling being on that I, set for the last have, time?
1: Terence, I've got no idea how I held it together until the very end. It's only when the credits started to roll... That I just burst into tears right on the set. 18 I was years. So emotional. 18 years. It's like saying goodbye to family.
0: But also, I, I think, uh, you know, you made that show what it is today. So let me take you back. How did you get involved with Lodge? In the first place
1: So I watched The very first episode Of Carte Blanche I was growing up In Amzinto On the south coast Of KZN Everybody knows the story I watched the show I was 15 years old And I announced mm. To my family That one day I was going to work For the show And everything I did From then Was strategy Strategy Heading towards Carte Blanche I spent some time On radio as you know mm. I worked at the Sunday Times When I was in Durban And everything started To build up And lead up to me Finally sending My real off to carte blanche in 2001 Mm. they called me six months later asked me to come up for an interview and i started with them in 2002
0: so, did you know that you were going to be Dynamite Devi or did they know that you were going to be Dynamite Devi back then?
1: I knew. I was I was already Dynamite Devi because I had such support from people in KZN. Mm. And you know, if where you come from, they tell you that you're good enough, you, you walk differently, you talk differently and you sound different because there's a confidence that comes with that. Yeah. And in my head, I just thought, well, these people in Joburg have no idea what's coming in. I, I was going to show them.
0: You know, I've known you a, a long time and I know <laughs> that you're quite a resolute person. When you set your mind to do something, you go about actually achieving that. So, I mean, that's essentially what mm. you did with Carte Blanche.
1: Exactly that. And Terrence not only do we know each other, our relationship goes back way too many years for us to be putting on the radio because then it doesn't even, you don't need a calculator to work out how old we are. <laughs> but you were there when I started working at Cart Launch mm. because you were also very heavily involved with the production company. Mm. And do you remember in my first year at Cart Blanche, I only managed to do three stories <laughs> and one of those stories mr terence Pelé, was a story on feral cats
0: oh my god i forgot thank about you that. very much
1: <laughs> but you didn't come on the shoot remember no, i no, had to go have do that shoot. Mm, i remember that very well
0: and listen when you got home from that shoot though because i got a call from you <laughs> um tell tell our listeners what happened when you got home from that shoot
1: okay so the story was on feral cats feral cats generally have fleas lots of fleas And I was in this person's house doing interviews and there were cats all over, everywhere, everywhere. And I mean, take the number of cats that were there and then multiply by (laughs) a thousand, the number of fleas that were everywhere. I got to my house and I I lived in Glenwood at the time and my daughter was little. And I remember thinking, I'm not walking into this house with fleas jumping all over me. They were literally (laughs) jumping at me. So I stood at the back door, prayed and hoped that the neighbours weren't watching and stripped my clothes off. Yeah. Left the clothes outside and walked into the house thinking, this carte launch job <laughs> is going to take me places and show me things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but now listen, how did it happen that mm-hmm. you became this queen of confrontation?
1: So I started to almost finesse the art of confrontations while I was on radio. So I had an hour long chat show in Durban, but it had a national footprint. And I worked there for 10 years and that show was extremely controversial and in your face. So by the time I arrived at Cast Launch, I think I knew how to put the confrontation together. I knew that that was the kind of journalism I was going to do. And my style was to ask the tough questions head-on I don't beat around the bush I don't even know how to do that yeah so I'm glad that it worked out and I've got the opportunity to do that but there's another anecdote which also involved you Terrence. okay <laughs> so the first the first yes be afraid the first year I did the three stories
0: yeah the
1: second year going into cast launch this is now about 2003 and I'm thinking to myself something has to move. There needs to be an energy shift here because I cannot mm. do just three stories in the entire year. Mm. And do you remember the first story we did in 2003 when we uh, bust that driver's license oh in Rosborough?
0: Yes. It How can I forget?
1: Be- exactly. At the beginning of the year. And I'll never forget that moment. So we went to to, um, what was the name of that shopping center right next door to Rosborough? I think it was the Southway season. Mall. Southway Mall. There we were in the parking lot. I was getting mic'd up. It was uh, my first big confrontation, and all I remember saying to myself in my head was, go make magic TV, get the guy, get the car." Yeah. <laughs> and we drove to Rosborough, and I sprung out of the car. <laughs> And started chasing the cook and we caught him.
0: I remember that. And didn't someone pull out a knife? Somebody pulled out a knife. During that confrontation.
1: And then you realise things are gonna get real, very real here (laughs) very, very quickly. We brought that whole licensing station to a standstill of course. Yeah. And I should have known everywhere I went with the crew after that it was going to be exactly like that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the point, right? When people see you coming, they quake in their boots. Um, take me through some of your more hairy, hairier moments on TV. So, uh,
1: 2005, Dumptree Gang in Durban. This was yeah. the first time things got really hectic and you also involved in the story. This is starting to sound like it's your interview, you <laughs> no,
0: know, that That's crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were there for some of it. And we went into the store on Berea Road to confront a group of appliance repairmen and I think this was our third or not I think even our fourth story on them so mm. they probably were quite fed up with us by that time it was another confront. we walked into the store they welcomed us into the store of course if I read the intention in his eyes I probably would mm. not have went in the first place and then they locked us up in the shop and, and beat us up um, we managed to get out how that even happened, I still don't understand up till now. But uh, that was pretty hairy because that reminded me that this is as tough as it's going to get, if not worse. But I think, Debbie, what,
0: what a lot of people don't know is that after that whole confrontation, the beating and everything. And I mean, at one point, the guy picked you up and threw you against the fridge. Mm. Mm. And mm. then we got out of there and you still had to do a link to camera. Telling is what happened
1: what had inside. Happened? I still had to do that. I could barely even get my thoughts together. And then I had a radio show. Remember, I still had to go yeah. to the radio show and just act like nothing had happened. And my husband was working in Pretoria at the time because we were in the process of uh, locating to Johannesburg. Mm. And I didn't say a word to him about what had happened because I was packing up an entire house. I had two little children. And he called me at about five o'clock the next morning to say he was on his way to work in Pretoria. What happened yesterday? Because all the posters are screaming that I got beaten
0: up. <laughs> the front page of every newspaper. Front
1: page of every newspaper. Uh, and, and so what,
0: uh, what else? There was the Gumtree Gang. I mean, since then, you've had uh, some mm. pretty scary moments.
1: Yeah, we, we, I have had some pretty scary moments. And remember that it all happens with uh, a crew. so the second time it was just a few months after that now i'm living in johannesburg and i'm doing a story on uh the medical university of south africa Mm Medunsa, and um i had to do a confrontation with the head of the gardening services uh was also the head of the union and was being accused of running the entire university campus so i went to do this um interview with with him and they locked us up in the garage, and in my head, I thought, uh-uh, this is not going to happen to me again. Mm. I'm never, ever going to find myself in a situation where I am stuck. And, yeah. and I said to the producer, I said, that's it, we are leaving. And the soundman and I managed to pull up that garage door. We pulled up that garage door, and I walked out of there because I knew if, if, I, if I stayed, I wasn't sure how this was going to end. So I think, Terence, I got a bit cleverer, much smarter <laughs> on how to get myself out of those situations. And we had a few more uh, heady encounters, but the difference was we started taking security with us.
0: Right. Uh, you know, Devi, you come across uh, on, on, on camera as being pretty fearless. But when you're sitting in front of, uh, let's just say, someone that you're doing a confrontation with or you are actually chasing after a crook,
1: Mm-hmm. Is there any
0: fear? Do you, feel, do you feel that fear?
1: I feel the fear And I have always felt the fear Because you've got to remember That you know how this particular movie ends mm. So you know you could get a hiding That you, you could somehow or the other um, Make the wrong move Say the wrong thing And that's going to tick that other person off mm. But you, I still have to get the job done for me, if I'm, if I'm sitting and doing a confrontation, I feel a lot safer because it means that I didn't arrive with the cameras rolling. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a slightly better situation. But if I'm standing and doing the confrontation, I know that anything can happen at any given time.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it's not always like that. I mean, there's also there was Lionel Richie. There was oh, Trevor yes. Noah. Oh, there was yes. Ill Divo I think it was.
1: Yes, uh, yes.
0: So <laughs> take take <laughs> me through some of the, the more lighter moments.
1: People remember me for the tough stuff, and very few people remember that I did have the opportunity to do a lot of really nice soft stories. Now, we call it a soft story, but soft stories are pretty difficult to do. Mm. Whereas in an investigative, um, the content is already sexy. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot to work with. With the softer stories, um, a lot of magic lies in drawing out um, stories from the person you're interviewing. Lionel Richie, without a doubt, was my absolute favorite interview because I got to sing with him even though I can't sing. (laughs) But that didn't bother me in the least. (laughs) I followed along. We sang Endless Love together and it'll be perhaps one, (laughs) one of my best memories. He held my hand, parents and looked me in the eye. That's I know it's done it a few times, but my, my experience felt really special.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Listen, Devi, I have to tell you that everywhere that I've gone since you made the announcement that you were resigning, people mm-hmm. are, are asking me, what is she going to do? Where is she going? Like I have the inside track somehow, <laughs> <laughs> but can you tell us where you're going to?
1: I can't say where I'm going. All I can say is that it is a new adventure in my life, mm. and, and that's it. And it's very, very exciting. You know, Terence, choosing to leave Carte Blanche after 18 years was a very difficult decision because mm. I was truly happy there. When you speak to people who leave a space uh, and they leave with a smile on their faces, it's normally because they weren't happy. Um, for me, it was a completely different setup, but I also knew that I needed something new. And mm. that's, that's what I'm going to be doing. So you're going to have to watch the space. Uh, so maybe the answer should have been no comment, which, of course, is my least favorite <laughs> response.
0: <laughs> well, I've told everyone you're going to CNN. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No comment, Karen.
0: No comment. Listen, you may be dynamite, Debbie. I've nicknamed you the pint-sized hell on heels um, because (laughs) that is exactly what you are. But Debbie we're certainly going to miss you every every Sunday on on, on The Box and miss um, your very special brand of journalism on television.
1: Thank you, because I'm also going to miss that part of my life. Hmm. And I'll be watching just like you guys I'm just so thrilled that now nobody's going to blame me Because the weekend is over
0: <laughs> Listen, I think people are still going to <laughs> shake and shiver When they see you at airports <laughs> or in coffee shops or whatever They're not going to know
1: <laughs> No, they should, because I'm not disappearing You know, I've, I've, there's another project that's planned
0: Well, we at East Coast Radio wish you well In whatever you're going to be you. doing And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the box soon
1: Thank you, Terence. And can I just say thank you to East Coast Radio listeners? Because it's, it's that kind of support based in KZN in that I was able to, to do all this and I was confident. I had the backing and I know I still do.
0: Yes. We'll, we'll always call you our own. So <laughs> thank you very much, Debbie. Thank you. Have a lovely day. The good, the, good, the,
1: bad, the bad, and, and the, ugly. the ugly, ugly with Terrence Pillay.